Welcome back to the Cardboard Herald. I am Jack, and today we are taking a look at Dolce, a new release by Stronghold Games and Julio Desario, a delicious game of engine building and card management uh, in a chocolatier's dessert world type of thing. You know the biz. You're making candies, you're making sweet treats, and you're trying to get the most points by the end of the game. So let's actually talk about that. What is this game? Well, in Dolce, you have a deck of 24 cards that corresponds to the exact same 24 cards that everyone else has, numbered from 1 to 24, and one lead player is going to shuffle up their deck, remove four of their cards, and the remaining 20, one at a time, they're going to announce what that card is, everyone is going to make a decision on what to do based off of that card, and then you go on to the next card until all 20 cards are taken care of. Simple, right? Well, that's kind of like the hallmark of Julio Nazario, who's kind of in this realm of old school sort of game designers. I think of the Canizias and the Catalas of the world who had a lot of games in their library, or I guess have a lot of games in their library, thankfully. Uh, it's very focused, almost like there's a, a game mechanic and then a whole concept that is built just to facilitate that one mechanic and then you have a theme that is abstractly tied to that. It's an old school flavor. So anyway, what we do with that card depends on you. Yes, everyone has the exact same card, but you are going to either put it into play as a new factory that can produce things whenever you produce things, which we'll get to. You could put it face down into your farm, oriented however you want, overlapping other cards if you want to, even if those cards already contain little tokens on them of what they're producing in their farms with an extra bonus if you overlap an existing farm of the same type. Then the third thing you can do is discard the card, giving your best Jon Snow season eight impersonation going, I don't want it, and then harvest. And when you harvest, you can take any row or columns worth of goods that are in your farm, which now can have quite a few different things on it, and then allocate them to different factories. At the start of the game, your farm board has four factories, which can be covered up by farm cards if you want, though that may be foolish, but sometimes you might want to. And so amongst all of your factories and the cubes that you've removed from a column or row, you will allocate all of these different goods and then the magic happens, the Machiavellian craziness, which is kind of the, the boon and the bane of this game and is going to make or break how much you like it. When a factory is completely filled up, you can remove all the goods from it and score one point. If one of the goods at that factory was pure or a third or I guess like A tier good, the, the top of the line good with three rings around it, you can then take the byproducts of that and move it to a different factory that has a vacant spot of the same type of good that is now of a lesser type. 
So your byproducts roll downwards and there's three levels of goods. So your level three cacao can be activated and then move to a level two spot if you have a vacant spot. And if that is now a completely filled factory, you can activate that and that level two cacao potentially could be moved to a level one spot and then used yet again. But once it's been used as a level one, it goes off to the side. Now, if at any point you lose any goods without being able to allocate byproduct, or you end up overlapping any goods that you aren't able to take advantage of with your farms, you do what's called feeding the chickens, which allows you to access eggs, which sort of act as wild cubes that can fulfill things at factories. But otherwise, this game is all about setting up this Rube Goldbergian machine of all of these different factories that hopefully have all of these different relationships with one another that when you yield your harvest, they can just run down the chain. Now, if you have a factory that has partially fulfilled requirements, those stay on until later. So maybe you harvest in order to prepare for a future harvest, which isn't a bad idea, but it's not also a good idea either. The thing is, in playing this game, the greatest joy is resolving this harvest and just seeing everything interact. And there are so many crazy combinations of things that can happen. And some factories will potentially be activated twice. And having this network is really cool. And it's really thematic too. I love the idea of maximizing your, your resources, not just from an economic standpoint, but to minimize waste. It, it's such a cool concept. And the relationships of all these different cubes shuffling around is great. Now, Doing this at the beginning of the game isn't that big of a deal. There's only like five things that you could uh, potentially change in how you resolve a harvest turn. The end of the game, this becomes this really disruptive, for lack of a better term, turn where the rest of the game was like this super easy, I take a card, I decide what to do with that card, I move on to the next card. But then the harvest turns become these like brain burning exercises in maximum efficiency that if you were to be someone who is say, uh, I don't know, analysis paralysis prone, you are going to be studying to make sure you yield every possible point from activating factories in very specific orders. And in my experience, that can be fun, but I always felt like I was a step behind, that I wasn't seeing the puzzle. And at a certain point, my brain just went and I decided to just go with my gut and how I resolved them which that sort of intensive maximization feels at odds with the overall tone and scope of this game. I love that it's here, but it does feel kind of disruptive. Uh, it takes a lot longer. Not everyone is doing a harvest at the same time. It's like I said, the boon and the bane of this game. Uh, I think if you like really concise, focused, games that have these sort of potentials for extreme synergistic reactions, then this is going to be so up your alley. If you love really focused minimalistic design, again, this does so much with so little. But if you want something that is more reined in or more casual of an experience, 
I don't know that this, in spite of presenting itself in that way, is really going to do it for you. But yeah, that's pretty much it. This is Dolce, a game of explosive resolutions that, depending on how you like your games, is either going to be dry and tedious or extremely exciting and robust and synergistic and crazy. Uh, I feel like I got about equal measures of both, but ultimately it is such a tight and charming experience with how much it does with how little that I can't write it off either. There, there's something really intriguing and minimalistic about this that I absolutely adore, even if it's not a game that I think I'm going to always be turning to or may even keep in my collection. And that's the review of Dolce, but let me know what are your favorite games that have food themes. I want to hear about it because I'm trying to lose a few LBs, if you know what I mean. And so getting an experience where I get to at least think about food is better than, I guess, not. You know, I get to, to kind of play in that realm, you know, role play that I'm eating all of these ridiculous foods. Let me know in the comments below. And as always, thanks for watching. Thanks for supporting. Thanks for being awesome. You know, I've been Jack for the Cardboard Herald.